I want everybody who is listening to this to grab their phone right now and you probably listen to Josh's podcast, obviously. Um, <laughs> and you're going to grab that phone, right? And you can see it, right? See how you can see the time right now to the date, you can see, you know, your background, whatever else. Now grab that phone. This is what happens when you're straight. Now we're cool. We're chilling. Yeah, we're looking at this phone. Right now, we're going to get stressed. We're going to bring this phone because what we're going to look for problems. We focus, right? Boom. Like we look for problems. What we're you know built to do. Boom. Zoom that phone in. Bring it straight up to your nose. Now read me the time, the date, anything else. <laughs> Guess what? It's all a fucking blur. Yeah. You can't see shit. All right. Now take that phone back just a moment. Stress is dropping down. And guess what? You can see the time, you can see the date, you can see the phone, the whole phone and past the phone. And I guess with that example is like, when we are stressed, blood actually leaves prefrontal cortex, goes to the eye, right? And it actually makes us run like, you know, animals and instincts, right? So if we're trying to like, we're getting all muddled up of all the things that we can't control and getting so, you know, frustrated by it. We've just shifted our state and guess what? We can't see shit. You can choose this, you can choose this. No one's telling you what you can't choose. You can choose to take joy in the run, knowing that you're now one step closer mm. to your to, to the next place you want to be. You know what I mean? Like, let's say like a bank account balance. Like if you looked at me, like when you talk about like my journey or like that guy or anything fucking else like that, it's a net effect of all my decisions that got to there. It's like a bank account, right? Yeah. It's like, that's my net effect. And you know what? With all these things, every time you say maybe no to some short-term uh, pleasure, to your go, that's a rep, right? You're building skills. You're building this skill and you need it stronger. And just like, you know, your bank account compiling interest, you've got compound interest on this shit. Mm. So these people who achieve something, they're just making fucking choices or decisions each day that live congruently with what they want to achieve. And that's real fucking progress, right? Welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes. Hello friends, Jacques here. And I just want to say a huge welcome to everyone listening internationally. Obviously I'm in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, but it was crazy when I was checking the statistics the other day to see how global the audience has really become. So welcome to everyone who's not in Australia. Please feel free to reach out, message me on Instagram um, or anywhere else you can find my details. I think I'm on Twitter as well, but I basically never go on there. So probably Instagram, reach out out on Instagram. Anyway, today's podcast is one that's truly special to me. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, uh, I love this human being. Chris Cannon is a huge mentor of mine, um, a great friend, and he constantly inspires me to become the person that I want to be. I think you're going to get a lot out of this podcast, and I think you'll get even more if you choose to follow Chris uh, and subscribe to him as a mentor in your life. Uh, you can find all of his details in the description below. But for now, let's dive into today's podcast with the incredible, with the powerful, with the unstoppable force, Chris Cannon. I, I get, I get a similar kind of answer from most people who are first time parents, it's like that limiting belief that you have before you have a kid where it's like, fuck, I can't do this. Like there's a whole nother human in my life. Like it's going to reduce every other area. Yeah. And then when you have a kid, it actually just enhances every other area of your life. Cause you're more motivated. Cause there's another human that's relying on you. And like you said, with the whole presence, yeah. thing, like now that you're seeing all these beautiful moments and seeing them just float away into the past you're like holy shit like i really need to be here for this so that that's so powerful yeah. right? 
Definitely, man. Definitely. No, it gives you gives you another spark. Like, don't get me wrong. There, there is definitely tough times, but um, oh fuck, they're so worth it. Like, you know, with everything. Like, it, it's it's really. I, I I surprised myself. I, I, it surprised me. I'd say, you know, not surprised myself. It surprised me. Like, I can't believe how much it actually gives. Like, even like we'll go to bed and Beck will be like in bed, just pulling up videos of Sierra and that, and it's just like. Wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it, it's really cool. It's really cool. The voice you're hearing there is Chris's voice. Chris is the founder of LifeHub and an ambassador to Lululemon here in Australia. I want to share a story really briefly. After years of feeling disconnected from his body and thoughts, Chris found himself overweight, unhappy in his own skin and in what he calls a prison of his own making. After a tragic chain of events, Chris suffered PTSD and severe anxiety while being medicated. What started as a personal journey to lose weight, 40 kgs mind you, and conquer his mental battles, out of the ashes rose the phoenix, Chris's health and wellness mecca, LifeHub. Chris has used his personal struggles and the knowledge he has acquired over the years to create the very place he wished was there to support him to get on track. Chris is a truly inspirational human being, and I hope you get as much as possible out of today's podcast. I'm so happy for you, bro. Hey, um, I was, I was kind of going to just warm up into it and chat a little bit beforehand, but I feel like the conversation's already flowing quite naturally. It tends to always flow really naturally with you anyway, Chris. So if you are happy, bro, like I've already started recording, we can just flow straight into into a discussion yeah whatever whatever goes right bro let's uh let's roll cool bro well i'm gonna start by praising the shit out of you um you've already heard this before <laughs> I've, I've already told you many times uh how important you are as, as a mentor to me in my life even though i don't think you knew for a really long time i kind of refer to it as like a shadow shadow mentor almost like <laughs> i looked up to you a lot when i was in a, in a really rough place and um for anyone who's listened way way back when i first started podcasting just as a form of uh of release and of, uh, I guess, medication for the depression I was kind of in. I just wanted to have conversations and figure out what was going wrong with me. You're actually the first person I sat down with because uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jesse, so big shout out to Jesse. I 100% know she'll be listening. Jesse. <laughs> Max, maximally. Um, but she introduced us and I was like, man, like, who is this dude? Like, he's, he's so sorted. Like, his life seems so in check. He's so in tune with what he wants to do. And whether you were that person at the time or not, I saw you as that person. And I was just like, fuck. And like, I, this was the conversation I had with myself. I was like, bro, you need to get your shit sorted. Because, <laughs> like, if there's people out there like this, it's, it's like the whole Goggins thing, right? If there's people out there like Chris Cannon and, like, Goggins, like, <laughs> Man, you've got to step your game up. So, like, I, I just really want to acknowledge you for that first, Chris. Um, you've already heard this from me before, but I think it's important for listeners to get a bit of context um, how much man. of an influence you were in my life. So, thank you. That's truly humbling, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's incredible. And thank you for those uh, kind words. When you talk about someone who's, I don't know, like some people can look at it like externally as like, yeah, made it, done it, got their shit together or whatever else. And I'd, always say is um we never really arrive okay so like you know if, if you think i'm like there or like ever been there or you know whatever else it's like you know i really believe progress equals happiness and um you know we're not really going to stay content in the place that we are 
unfortunately, it's kind of part of the human condition, something that we've discussed in the past. Um, and progress equals happiness for us to, you know, release happiness hormones and all that. We gotta be moving forward. So at any point that you ever caught me, I'm still in that fucking journey, right? Like there's no there's no arrival point. There's no, I always say, you know, there's no goal. I mean, we know there's no goal at the end of the rainbow, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, and, you know. We can argue that, but um, the fact is, you know, you never arrive, and it, it's such an interesting person as someone who talks on goals so much and and purpose and values. But you know, what I recognize so much is like goals, like goals and milestones, you know, in purpose and values. But there's never like whenever you get to a fucking goal, you're like on to the next one within a second. Mm, so mm, one, thank you for those kind words, and it's truly, truly humbling. But um, whether I had my shit together or not, I wouldn't have been fucking known because I was always on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that was like the thing that I, I didn't realize at the time, but I was like, there was this hunger inside you and it wasn't like a hunger for anything material per se. Like the other day we were talking about how you, you wanted to get a G-Wagon, but it wasn't the end of the world if you had a G-Wagon. But it was just this, this hunger to, to contribute and grow and to, I guess, realize as much as is humanly possible, your own potential. And, and that's what really... Uh, attracted me to you as a person um but but i guess to to move on to to what i really wanted to talk about today and you've kind of already touched on it is this whole idea of happiness and i think something you mentioned there that was i've got a thought in my head that i wanted to share because otherwise i'll lose it is this idea that a lot of people fall into which is this what i call and it's not my own idea but the hedonic treadmill where you know you're constantly setting goals that'll give you some sort of hedonic happiness or like material happiness. And then you reach it and you're just, just as disappointed as when you started. And when we first sat down and had a conversation, you like, you absolutely nailed it on this because I was in that hedonic treadmill. You're like, Hey Jacques, what, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? And I, I yeah. rattled off a bunch of random shit. I can't even remember now. And then you just, you struck me with this kind of moment of realization where it was like, okay, if that's who you want to be, why not just be that person now? So today, like, I've actually only got three questions because I know that we're just going to go into deep rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The first, the first question for you, and I think this will give a lot of context to people listening, is how did you create the Chris you are today, the Chris who's continuing to get better and better and better each day? And I think a really good way to, to share this with people would be to kind of put it in the context of your own story because you, a lot of people won't realize when they see you initially, like, you've gone through a lot of shit to get to where you are now. So the, the floor is yours, bro. How did you create the Chris you are today? Out of necessity, right? Like it was truly out of necessity. So if we talk about top level of the, you know, the person I am today and what I teach, what I'm about, um, it's all the lessons that I took along that path and I can go into that path in a moment. Um, and, you know, as I've said to you before, like I really learned through teaching and sharing. Um, so selfishly enough, I love teaching because I love fucking learning, right? Mm. Um, so you know, that, that's that's the top level of where we're at. We take it back, right? So my journey came, I mean, I grew up, you know, back, you know, when I was growing up, we're not talking that long ago, but, you know, I graduated school 04, I'm 34 right now. Um, and prior to that growing up, being like mixed race, multicultural, blah, blah, blah. And I went to a very Anglo school, so a very white Australian school, um, which I was, you know, privileged to go to and I really did enjoy. So I'm not going to say it's like, oh my God, it was so tough, uh, but I was different. Um, so whether that was, you know, externally people looking at me or more internally or how I saw them, I felt different. And as a kid, all you want to do is fit in. Um, but, you know, I felt different. And I just didn't feel the same or, you know, as a kid, didn't feel good enough. 
to compound that, um, I actually used to have really bad teeth because I was so insecure. I was like, I'm not getting braces. Um, <laughs> so that wouldn't happen. So, you know, you had, had some horrible teeth. Um, I had bad, really bad skin and I was 40 kilos overweight. So, you know, that essentially, you know, I guess I was just eating my emotion. And then I became kind of thuggish because I was so scared of someone to say anything to me. I would not respond, but react, you know, aggressively because that would allow, you know, essentially a, a protection around myself, right? So, you know, growing up, you know, I dropped the 40 kilos um, at the age of 17 to 18, all right? And that literally changed my life at that point. Like I, I built, so to just through the disciplines of training and nutrition, I learned both like practically and metaphorically how to become a better human and also realize, wait a sec, I can set my mind to something, I can put the discipline in and I can go about achieving it. And yeah, that, that kind of led me into, you know, a lot, like a lot of confidence and just a different kind of level of, of, of practice. Cause that was just like that sort of self-belief. I was like, yo, I can do this and I can do anything now. And, and it was at that really strange time, like we're talking, you know, 03 and uh, 04 and 03 is like when like hip hop was getting bigger. So I guess people were getting more aware of like being multicultural, like mm. not just being the person that you see on your screen is just a white person. You know what I mean? So it kind of gave me like, I guess, more freedom to like just express, you know what I mean? In, in different ways and more confidence behind that. Cause that wasn't just like only one type of person up there on the pedestal. There was like different people that I could emulate, you know what I mean? And I used to, you know, watch music film clips and stuff and watch them three minutes at a time. And um, you live vicariously through them. Cause they were like these three minutes of like this perfection, you know, in my eyes. Right. Then I kind of went through and, you know, I had very young, I had like 18, 19, I had fashion labels and I kind of grew them. I guess I always had a hustle and probably the belief of the fat loss journey and all that and that self-belief sort of took into my ability to kind of go, all right, cool, I'm going to start a fashion label. Got no idea what, what to do there. Literally um, within a month, it was like distributed around Victoria. Then you yeah, not long after distributed around Australia. And yeah, I had no idea about fashion. I was doing a business degree, but, you know, principles. And I just walked into a manufacturer one day and go, hey, cool, can I make, um, you know, I'm going to start a t-shirt label, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, cool. What, what's, you know, do you have a pattern? I'm like, what, what's a pattern? And like literally <laughs> bit by bit, um, I learned the industry probably within a month um, and got it out there, you know, and then later. Anyway, you know, those things grew, whatever. But when I was um, 20, I met Beck, my wife, my wife, um, sorry, not my wife then, uh, my partner. And not long after she uh, lost a sister to suicide and when she lost the suicide, suicide, I, like there was a, there was a chain of really kind of horrible events um, that I wouldn't really, I wouldn't wish upon anybody. Uh, but it actually left me in the end with PTSD, uh, like post-traumatic stress disorder, um, severe anxiety that was almost kind of debilitating in some, in some respect. And I guess over time, like I ended up medicated. So I was on like SSRIs and Zoloft. Um, and over time, like I sort of psych and all that. And it, I, but I was also reading a lot and learning and developing myself. And, you know, when I was saying psych, I, what I disagreed with at the time, maybe it was a bad psychologist at that time, was I'm trying to look forward now. Like I, like my problem with the PTSD is that I'm like looking everywhere, right? Like my, I'm fucking like looking to the future. I'm thinking very possible, you know, uh, negative outcome. And I'm kind of experiencing that mentally. And, you know, psychologist was like going, one addressing that, but then either, or then looking back into my childhood, right? And, you know, we could say it was cross-wire, whatever else. But, you know, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm experiencing. It's like, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? This was the question. Um, and subconsciously, if you always ask yourself, why this? Why this? Like, why all these bad things or whatever? Um, you know, subconsciously, you're always going to provide an answer. You're like, why am I this? But 
why am I this? But, but you know, what I started to learn, you know, as a psychologist, I was like, oh, I started looking into like cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, then led into your linguistic program. And I'm like, no, I'm going to start learning this shit myself and um, mm. really start to like do the work, learn it and, and, um, and build this around myself. And it started instead of going, you know, why this? It was like, well, what do I want instead? What do I want to move towards? What do I really want? You know what I mean? Instead of like looking at all the negative outcomes or, you know, I say, if you're on a fucking, well, first thing you learn when you ride a motorbike, don't look at the fucking ground. Look at the fucking ground, you end up on the fucking ground. Mm. If you want to ride a fucking motorbike, you want to go somewhere, look where you want to go. Mm. So it didn't make sense as the way psychology was working, where it was like, look down, look away, look back. I'm like, no, look fucking forward. That's where I want to go. Um, so when, when I say forward, and then that became like what I started to recognize is like, that was my values. That was the things that were really important to me. So I was like, all right, cool you know, move towards values, you know, values, you know, to me, like I say like purpose and articulation of values and then goals are the milestones in that direction. So we say, who's this motherfucker? And, you know, how did he come? He came about out of necessity and from lessons. And as I said, selfishly enough, um, I love to teach because I love to learn. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's a snapshot. I probably yeah. went pretty deep in some little bits that, um, yeah, well, you know, I've, 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 I've jotted down a couple of things that I wanted to dig deeper on there, Chris. Um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. Like it, it, it's powerful to just be able to share stories. And uh, I think that uh, kind of triggers something in a lot of people's minds that, okay, if, if more and more people are confident sharing, you know, their failings and, and their past and their suffering, then maybe I can do it too. So thank you for sharing that. Um, there was a couple of things I noted down that the first one, I guess, was around necessity. Do you think that, like people need to go through some sort of deep suffering in order to, I guess, grow and become the person they, they want to be? Or do you think that need or that necessity can be created artificially through, um, I guess, through your own visualization or your own processes, your own goals, your own values, et cetera? Um, that's a really great question. There's two probably sides to that. I'm going to give it more, uh, so practically, also more metaphorically speaking, when it comes to training. And when it comes to training, if you want to get stronger, you're going to need a stressor. You need to adapt to the stressor. So you, that's a stimulus, a stressor. And then you've got a response, which is now an, a new strength, all right? So generally, you're going to need a stimulus to create a response to have a new strength, all right? Mm. So generally, maybe like I, I would believe, generally, you're going to have to do you know, repetitions of other four skills. You're going to have to do reps in some sort of pain point to overcome it, you know, um, to get, achieve, I guess, more pleasure or more strength or whatever else. So that's just kind of like, I'll leave that there. Um, and yeah, when it comes to, do they need to artificially um, put in or could they, or can they fabricate it? I would say no, because I do think um, you can move towards something regardless of like pain, but it's being really clear of, you know, what's important to you. Mm. um so that way I, I say you know sort of the difference between motivation and procrastination you know motivation is you see more pleasure in taking the action or you know overcoming the short-term pain to see that compelling future and you know compelling future right and procrastination is you see more pain in taking action at that moment than the pleasure on the other side mm. or you know you're scared you know this pain may not lead to that pleasure so when i think if you know for someone to have that intrinsic say motivation and stuff and then they're going to be really in line with what that compelling future looks like. You know, when I say, you know, um, you know, what motivated me to act, there was more pain in staying the same than the pain in taking action. 
right? So I was like, yo, like, you know, and that's what I think for other people, they've got to recognize whether they've been through hardship or, you know, not, I mean, everybody's going through hardship, right? Like that's, that's like, you know, everybody can contextually say like, yo, my shit's fucking worse or whatever. But I don't think that's the reality. I think everybody's got a kind of level of suffering, you know, as part of, you know, even, you know, biologically how we, you know, were built to survive through injections of cortisol that brings our attention to a potential prey or alarm now or notification or whatever else, you know, that's just part of us, right? So, you know, I think though, it's about having that pleasure on the other side of it, knowing what that looks like for you, whether that's created out of necessity with so much pain coming in or whether that's created out of a, you know, a fantastic fucking state. I also say like, you know, you don't, if you really want to do like amazing things, you can't just be in that stressor either. You know what I mean? Because stress like makes you dumber. Like, so, you know, if I go on the neurochemistry, it's like your blood leaves prefrontal cortex, the thinking, you know, conscious mind goes to the, you know, the hindbrain, um, you know, amygdala, so, so on and so forth. And you're running like an idiot. So, um, so, you know, you have to have that point where, you know, you can experience the stressor, which, you know, brings upon the response, but at the same time, step aside from it so you can, you know, navigate it clearly instead of running around like a headless chook. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I guess to put it like really simply is you don't need to go through like a crazy, crazy moment of suffering. You just need to associate um, a real drive, hunger and overwhelming pleasure with where you want to be so that that's your only focus rather than lingering and procrastinating in the state that you're in. Is that yeah, somewhat yeah. correct? And I, somewhat. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely correct. Um, as, as you repeat it back to me, it can kind of sound, you know, idealistic um, in some respects when, you know, you think like you've got to have this compelling future, but I guess it just depends what's important to you. And I, I really think motivation comes from, being really clear on something moving forward. But I, I also am aware when you're in the fucking hole, uh, when you're in that dark spot, it's very hard to see that compelling future because of the stress and all that's involved. And, mm. you know, it's about probably, you know, recognize that, but it's like, you know, we talk about anxiety or like I'm experiencing anxiety or, you know, I'm anxious. And it's just the ability just to detach from I'm anxious to I'm experiencing anxiety instead of being like in the forest to step out of the forest. Mm. That gives you a little bit more perspective, um, you know, because I, I understand and, uh, you know, I've, I've been in it myself. Like when you're in the shit or when you're stressed, it's very hard to see this compelling, beautiful future. Mm. But if you're attached to the goals of the outcomes of it, that can make it almost unattainable and increase the stress. But mm. if you think about, you know, even if someone like I was the top of the start with values, but instead of even if they started with goals and then they ask themselves what's important in achieving that goal, what, what are the feelings they're looking to experience and even live into those feelings, um, you know, they can start to move into that because it starts to become more pleasurable, you know? Mm, um, mm. I hope I'm not talking too top level there, but feel free to like dig on anything. No, I, I think that 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 makes total sense. And I guess I'm, I'm going to use a, a quote that you, you've obviously worked with Liz in the past, right? She worked at Work yeah. Life. So I did a podcast yeah. with her the other day and, and she mentioned, <laughs> she had such a good quote. It was, if you sit in your own shit too long, all you're going to do is think shit. And I guess that mm. kind of goes along the lines of, what you're saying in, in a really simple way is 
when you're in that suffering state and all you're thinking of is the problems and you're overwhelming yourself and you're feeling the state of stress and anxiety, which is pulling you away from that, from being able to analyze the situation and, and make an informed decision, you're just trapped in that state. So I guess what is a way that someone can can snap out of it? Because it's easy enough for you and I to talk about this. And like, I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. talks with Tony Robbins, where he's like, you know, you just snap out of it and you change and change is instant. Mm-hmm. But like, that's great when you're saying it and you're pumped up when you're hearing that kind of stuff. But what's some actual practical things that a person can do to get out of that state to kind of really feel what it is that they want to feel in terms of the change that they want to make in their lives? Yeah, first I want to say the necessity of the state and then we'll talk about how we can get there real quick. Um, when you talk about the necessity of the state, um, think about when you've ever decided to buy a car. When you're like, yo, I want this car. Suddenly you see this car everywhere, right? It's your perceptual filter that brings it to your attention. Not just because Jack said, I'm going to get this car. Everybody on the fucking road went and got this car, right? It wasn't, it wasn't the case, right? So whatever you look for, you'll find whether it's conscious or not. So if you're like sitting in the shit and you're thinking about how bad life is, guess what? All you fucking see is problems and whatever you look for, you find. So what we need to do is reverse engineer that and start to look for all the good shit. So we see more good shit. So we feel better. We do more good shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, that's on the most basic level. Now, when we think about ways that, you know, we train, as I said, like I was this crazy anxious mind, right? Especially, you know, coming out of like the test and that. So I had to do training and I talk about the reps and the training and the strength, uh, you know, with, with physical exercise. So also mental training as well, right? So I do different practices. So one was learning to meditate. And I was like, yo, I can't fucking meditate. Like I can't sit for a second. Like my mind's just racing, right? So it seemed like the most inaccessible thing you could possibly imagine. But it started with like one minute, one minute just sitting there concentrating on my breath. Then, you know, it builds up to whatever. Now I've, someone who's meditated for like last three years um, and I'm asked for another company called Muse, which is a, like an EEG technology, a brainwave sort of scanning technology. So I, I get like neurofeedback based on my meditations. Mm. Um, but now I only do 10 minutes and it's still like been eight, like been, you know, years uh, I've been doing it. So it's not like, I guess a lot of people look at meditation unaccessible because they put an expectation on it, um, which kind of breaks the practice. While they just go, you know what, just do a little bit, whatever it is it is. Um, then I, you know, sometimes I like to do cold showers and that's a real shock one. Um, I don't think cold showers are for me. Uh, I think, you know, when I look at what it has like physiologically, like it's a jack of cortisol in the world. Like it doesn't almost make sense, but what it has taught me is pain management. So I go in, I take on the hardest thing I could possibly do first thing in the morning. And, you know, it makes every other pain point that I might experience in my day more manageable and easy. Um, so these are all things, I guess what I'm saying is it's training my mind. Cause if I say, whatever I look for, I find if I can create that mental strength with the kind of the stressor, I, when my mind goes on the shit, I can learn to pull it back. And then my mind will go back on the shit. I can learn to pull it back. And with every one of those, I'm doing reps, right? Every time of that, I'm getting stronger. Repetition is the mother of all skills. So if I want to get stronger mentally, I need to do those reps and all I have to do is be conscious. Like, yo, I'm in the forest right now. Pull myself out. Yo, I'm back in the fucking forest again. Pull myself out. <laughs> And the other one, you know, and it's all good. Like, you know, and the, the other one is um, journaling for me, like creating a filter for myself each morning. Like, and it's just as simple as, yo, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for smell of coffee. I'm fucking present right there, right? Like I'm mm. smelling the coffee, right? You can't like, it's very hard to smell and think of coffee. Like, you know what I mean? And then do something else mentally, right? So it's so many different things. You go out, like I go out in my backyard and I'll just like, I'll, like try to feel the air on the back of my neck. Like I'm fucking mm. present right there. Everyone can put all these expectations of what that fucking is. And whether I'm like sitting in, you know, 
some golden field or whatever else some tea tea plantation or whatever but you know whatever you do to just be, create that mental discipline or even awareness of the moment to bring yourself back mm-hmm. you know that allows you then to create these filters so gratitude obviously allows me to create this filter to see more good shit in my day um and then you know for me it's like prioritization so you know, I always believe in like effectiveness over efficiency. I think a lot of people get their day done and they do a lot. But if they ask themselves at the end of the day what they really, what they did, um, that would have an impact maybe on their future and whatever else. Um, a lot of people wouldn't have that much to say. It's because part of my journaling practice, I'd go, you know, what am I grateful for? And I actually asked myself a really quite a kind of difficult question is what task, if not done today, would have the greatest negative. So I know that's like a a different frame, but what 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 task if not done today will have the greatest negative impact on my future because that makes me ruthlessly prioritize. I think all these practices, along with um, you know training and, and and like the mental stuff and journaling and so on and so forth, are things that allow me to not sit in the shit for as long. Because you know I could say, hey, cool, like this year, I mean, you know, I I, I obviously got my studio. I will plan to open two more studios. Uh, this year has been pretty costly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. feel like uh, I've navigated it. Um, I'm, I'm like, uh, to be honest, I have done something like brand new. I'm just fucking proud. I'm fucking proud because I'm like, all the practices, all the things I talk about were fucking tested, right? Like it, it was tested. Like all these outcomes, goals are all like, and what do you do now? You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, well, these are my values. This is what we do. This is what we're going to live into as a brand. This is how we're going to deliver that. Uh, yeah, letting go of all the possible outcomes, attachments, and you know the things that we can't control, and I can focus. Right, that's the biggest thing. Focus on what I need to move towards to help fulfill my values and help release these kind of happiness chemicals again, instead of sitting like in the shit. You know what I mean? So mm. I don't think it's bad to sit in the shit, but I think as as Liz said, it's like don't sit in it too fucking long. You know what I mean? Like, and you know it's okay to like mourn it because I said like if you're stressed and you're in that spot. You know, it's very hard to see this, you know, future and shit. But like sometimes we might be attached to the future so much that we're just thinking about the outcomes that are maybe beyond our control. And that's further exacerbating this negative state when instead we need to focus on like the feelings that we're looking to pursue and just take the little actions and little steps that allow us to move into it. That was more about the mind. And I'm just going to touch on the physiology because you're talking about like, yeah, Tony Robbins and this and that. And I'm going to say like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Tony Robbins good. was like, you know, Tony Robbins is neurolinguistic programming as well. So, you know, I've done a grad cert, um, which essentially is like the, you know, um, high school page. You do a neurolinguistic programming. And, mm-hmm. Just quickly, Chris, um, um, so, what, what, what is neurolinguistic programming? Just so people kind of get a bit of context around what it is. Yeah, cool, cool. It was created in like the 70s. So it's quite a new kind of practice. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that are really incredible, stuff that I, I debate on it. Um, there's stuff that can be quite dark on it. There's stuff that can be quite amazing on it. But essentially it's like, it starts with perception, so how you see the world, all right? Then how that you know obviously your response uh, you know affects your emotion or your state, hmm. um, so that way you can kind of move forward and get better results. And often it's about like maybe emulate emulating you know uh, you know people that you might admire, so on and so forth, and recognizing you know what are the patterns that they you know do physiologically or mentally that allow them to achieve like a state of greatness or a sense of greatness, right? Hmm. So yeah, that's the most basic thing. So neuro is obviously, you know, neuro is your brain. Linguistic is a language. So it's essentially the voice that you tell yourself. And programming is obviously reworking that, you know, and all programming, yeah, you know. So essentially so, it's it's reprogramming the brain or how you think with the words and the, the dialogue you tell yourself. Yeah, I guess um, think of it really as just mental maps. So how do you, cool. if I, 
I can't see as well right now. I can see better now. If these glasses were blue, like blue frames, I would see the world in blue. And we all have mental maps of the world, whether we think it or not. Um, and that's generally growing through the ages of like often zero to seven and early teenage years. So I'm printing years when we're creating like neural pathways in the way which we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has a different perception. Like uh, you can like a color. I cannot like a color. We're looking at the same fucking color. Um, but it's our own you know, programming up from our environment, our teachers and so on and so forth that makes us look at it slightly differently. Um, you, you know what I mean? So I'm just going to touch on that one quickly. I'm going to come back. We're going to turn you into that, but I want to just quickly go because you go, you know, what things can you do? The mm-hmm. other one is, so we talk about focus. So I've talked about all the trainings of my focus. So yeah, for me, it's generally mindfulness, uh, meditation, stuff like that, generally. Another like hardwire on that is, um, you know, cold showers and things like, like shock yeah. um, because, that brings pain in and allows me to kind of move forward based on that. So it gets kills procrastination. Um, yeah, the other just, side is physiology. Yeah. Just, just quickly on that one, Chris, the, the, the cold shower one, I do that as well in the morning. And I think uh, a good way to put it is uh, I guess it's by exposing yourself to that acute stress and going straight away in the morning, like, all right, like I can handle this. I can handle this pain. It basically, I guess, programs your mind to realize that throughout the day, all of these things that you perceive as insanely stressful and this chronic stress, like getting emails or notifications or all these things that you have to do, then become a lot more manageable because you've proven to yourself that you've been able to deal with the stress in the morning. Is that correct? Definitely, definitely. And what you also recognize, I don't know, you know where you are with it. And I once again, I won't do more than like a minute or two, like, cause it's, it's fucking cold and I'm a wuss uh, <laughs> when it comes to temperature. But, um, you know, when I'm in there, um like i've just sort of got to the point now where i'm like before it was like you know like suck myself up wim hop breathing all that and now i'm like getting in i'm like all right let's test this it's only just come out this week right well i'm like because when i'm meditating it's like about thought comes up how do i just let it go as quickly as possible and come back and then go to court let it go and i was like wait a sec um and when i've been getting tattooed and that i was like first it was like and then it was like can I just not experience the pain? Like, mm. can I actually just detach my mind from that sensation? And I started to be able to do that. I mean, I've had a lot of work done. Um, and then I started doing that in the cold in the shower like this week. And I was like, wait a sec, the pain is a choice. Mm. I can focus on the pain or I can let it go. Mm. And that was like a really interesting like learning for myself. Because whatever you focus on, you see, right? If I'm focusing mentally on the pain of the fucking moment instead of just learning to let it go, like I'm like taking that now as like this, like learning that I'll take to anything else, you know, mm. every, everything is a choice, you know what I mean? I can, I can choose to focus on the pain of it or I can actually just let it go and mm. focus on, you know, what am I moving towards, whatever else. So and the other bit I just want to quickly touch on is the physiology because I think people really underestimate their physiology and how that might shape their, their neurochemistry and things like that, you know, how they actually you know, think and act. Um, and yeah, give you an example. I mean, there's a Amy Cuddy, she did a TED talk and she's like got a sh- sh- shoulders curved over. I mean, sorry, she talks about the posture of like shoulders curved over, but like, you know, fetal position, whatever else. And someone in like, say, a power position, whatever like that. And um, yeah, don't quote me because I didn't expect to go there, but it was like, you know, it was like a 20 to 30 ish percent increase in like two minutes between position to position. And yeah, with a lot of tests, um, it was a two odd minute, um, you know, over two, in just over two minutes, in just two minutes, sorry. There was an increase of 20, 25% odd uh, in testosterone in the person and like, like a 30-odd percent decrease in cortisol, right? Is that regardless so, of gender? Regardless of gender. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And, you know, testosterone, people, you know, people can build by, uh, promote it, whatever else. But it, it's one of the things that, like, helps us, you know, motivates us to act and, 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 and you know, assert power or do, do things, get things done, whatever. Um, and both males and females have it. So, you know, it's just in what capacity. So we're talking about a percentage increase of what they were, right? Um, but when we look at that, we're talking about two minutes of a postural position of this to this, same person, same test, same thing. Like they were going, went in there to go like do a fake job interview with actors pretty much. And they want to see how they respond. And obviously the people who had the um, high testosterone, lower cortisol also performed a lot better as well because they had a lot more confidence um, and a lot more service and a lot less stress, which was making them dumber. Um, so, you know, when we recognize that, you know, just that posture over two minutes can start to shape just, you know, our chemistry. You know, it's starting about taking power of that. So it's like, mm. get your shoulders back. People who don't train and don't do pulling stuff and all that, their shoulders start to curve over. That's actually further increasing their cortisol every damn day, right? Mm. Um, you know, testosterone levels are decreasing. They're depowering themselves every day. And everybody's now just like fucking, you know, here, that, yeah. and then, you know, everything's coming forward. But your physiology starts to meet like your biochemistry. The thing is that then you start to feel more stressed. You got more cortisol and all that because you've got more cortisol in your body. Guess what? That starts to further exacerbate your posture. So it kind of this cycle, you know, whether it be posturally. And then so that's a posture alone, right? Then we think about like the breath and all that. So, you know, I like I love breath work and work with like, uh, you know, a breath work coach like Nathan, who I've started posting stuff obviously on Life Up and that. Um, we've got like a little breath work short course that we're going to be putting out. But with that, think about the breath. The breath is like one of the most incredible things. Like think about every time you've been razzed up, like you, whether you're anxious or whatever else, your breath is short, right? Mm. The minute you can take attention to it, one, you brought your mind to your physiology, but you take attention to it and you slow down your breath. Slowing down your breath, what happens to your heart? It slows down. When you slow down your heart and your breath, what happens to your whole emotional state? it slows down in those moments when you're experiencing, Oh, I'm less stressed. Now you're experiencing less cortisol in your blood. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, your experience is still matched with kind of your chemistry. Right. So, you know, if you want to feel better in any one moment, get yourself out of that shit, mm. you know, it's about controlling the controllables and you know, you might be, you know, really frustrated about an outcome that you can't control right now. But you know what we talked about and what you talked about earlier, I was like, you know, for you to like feel good, to act good, to get good results, you can't wait for the fucking results to feel good. If someone wants to lose 20 kilos, right? And I get a lot of people coming to me for body comp work and stuff like that. Right? Someone wants to lose 20 kilos. You don't wait to have lost 20 kilos to act like the person who's going to have the 20 kilo loss result. You got to fucking start doing it now. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like you don't, you don't, you don't become that person by waiting to become that person. 100%. You've got to become that fucking person. So, you know, you've got to have to, you know, shape up your, you know, your mental physical self to prepare yourself to even take the actions that it were required to live into that possible outcome. So you've got to bring that fucking shit in and like, mm. and imagine it, live it, feel it, smell it, hear it, fucking taste it until you do it. Because otherwise you're not going to be motivated to act. Like the minute something fucking hard comes in, you're like, yo, I can't be fucked because I'm this <laughs> person. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I think what you're, what you're touching on there is actually what I want to move into next. But just quickly, I want to recap because I think you touched on some really fucking important points there. Um, so in terms of, I guess, the original question was like, how can people make that initial change? Uh, and what I got from that is, you know, I've kind of categorized a lot of this into one thing, filling your cup. So that's 
what you talked about with, you know, having the cold showers in the morning, um, doing the meditation, doing the exercise, doing things that essentially prime your body and your mind to take on the challenges throughout the day. The other one was thoughts equaling energy. So what I meant by that when I wrote it down is this idea that you mentioned before, if you're thinking negatively, guess what? Like you said, your outcomes are going to be negative because thoughts are energy and that energy kind of dictates how we approach each day. So if you're thinking positively, then guess what? Your results are going to be positive. It makes Acting positive, sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes total sense. And the other one there, which is like super important and actually completely possible for every single person to do right now is change your physiology. So that's your breathing, slowing down. Yeah. You know, if you're stressing yeah. out right now, listen to this podcast and you're like, holy shit, this is so much to take in. Just breathe, right? Just breathe. And yeah. then the other one was shoulders back. Like, I think those are such exceptionally good tips. So thanks for sharing those, bro. I think yeah. a lot of people will get, if anything, people will take that out of this podcast. And like, just recognize how I control, like uh, at the moment, like we're in this crazy time, right? And there's a studio owner and a gym and like that, you know, obviously been impacted, right? But I've got to figure out what I can actually control, what mm. I can let go of, because, you know, I can choose to suffer or I can choose to let go of certain things mm. um, and then move into others and then control my fucking state. Because mm. I know if I'm, if I'm thinking about all this shit, all the bad shit, um, it's going to affect my state. It's going to affect mm. my physiology. It's going to affect how I feel. It's going to affect. So what's another word for feeling? Another word for feeling. Thinking. Think, I mean, thinking's part. I, I feel like your feeling is a combination of your thinking, all right, your or your emotions. focus. So, so feeling, emotion, yeah. So feeling, emotion will be your thinking. And thinking is often the questions you ask yourself because the questions you ask yourself formulates your thinking, mm. all right? So, you know, I would say the quality of your life is the quality of questions you ask yourself. So, you're thinking like this, you know, ask yourself, like, like, what the fuck am I doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And all these why questions, once again, reaffirm me with all this positive, they say negative shit generally, mm. right? So, it's like, well, what do I want? What do I want instead? What am I going to move towards? Blah, 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 blah. Thinking, right? And the other part of this, uh, this feeling fucking thing, right, is our physiology. So, these two things, this is a neurolinguistic program thing, this physiology and our, and our, um, and our focus are going to shape this feeling, right? Mm. This feeling is, uh, you know, what we are, our being, right? And that's another word for feeling, emotion. What does emotion work into? Emotion, right? So it's maybe that way on your screen. I'm not sure. Emotion, <laughs> right? If I, if I take that out, feeling, emotion, me, right? Emotion is my energy in motion, right? So yeah. my energy in motion moving into. So my, my emotion creates my energy in motion, all right? which creates a way I look at the world, which is my personal reality. And my mm. personal reality, the way I look at the world, shapes my personality, which is how the fuck I'll act. You guys, negative motherfucker. Who wants to be around the negative person? Right? <laughs> the negative person, right, has created their personal reality, shaped their personality, and now they're a victim of circumstance, but they've got to recognize that they've got a choice. Mm. Mm. I think that... Sorry. I, I, <laughs> no, that was, that was a really good rant because... Um, yeah, like I'm super inspired listening to that. And I just wrote that down as a timestamp because I'm probably going to use that as a bit of an intro. Like, I think that that kind of <laughs> shit is powerful, right? And for anyone who's listening in going, oh, you know, like all this, you know, thoughts become energy. It's all just fucking spiritual hippie bullshit. Like there's science behind this stuff now that that shows yeah. that, you know, the way you think actually triggers, like you're saying, physiological changes in your body. Um, yeah. So So thank you for sharing that. And I guess what I was moving into... Uh, before which I think we're kind of naturally moving into anyway is this idea of your state so you've talked about it a few times already in the podcast but 
what is what does it mean to change your state and i guess how how can a person apply that usefully to their life like if i change my state what's going to happen and and what is changing my state yeah changing your state changing your emotion changing how you feel consciously you know what i mean and the thing is though it's really you know first thing comes with awareness going yo i'm in a shit state i feel like shit <laughs> all right so what are you going to do about it you know what i mean like so yeah, the question is, all right, well, what do I want? And that might be really hard because you're in this stress fucking state and that's cool. And it's like, well, what else can I do? All right, once again, maybe to go shock yourself. Like if I'm hungover, go jump in the cold bay and you're like, you're woke, yeah? Like, you're <laughs> up, right? like so you know what I mean? Like I could have the pain sitting in that hangover. I get up and shock myself out. Now that hangover seems like nothing, right? Mm. Like I'm doing mm. reps, yeah? Mm. Um, so, you know, it's just fun. Firstly, recognize, like well done if you realize you're in the shit. All right. Because most people can go through going, I'm anxious, not realizing that they're experiencing anxiety. Right. So when you're in the shit, you need to change your state. You've fucking, you've taken the next step by recognizing that you're in the shit. Because some people are just like, it's fucking shit. This is shit. Well, sorry about all the slow words, but you know, I hope no worries, dude. But, no you worries. Know, so, so, some people are just in it. Yeah. And they're in it. They don't even know they're in it. You know, and they're, they're the victim of circumstance. Right. Mm -hmm. So once you recognize that you're in the shit, you feel like shit. Well done. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, all right, well, what, what can I control? What can I do? All right. So, you know, I know when you're in a stress state and we talk about like meditating, I'm like, how the fuck can I sit there and meditate? Because my mind's going, things a waste of fucking time, blah, 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 blah. All these voices in the head. It's like, all right, cool. Well, that's not accessible at that point. Write it down. And, you know, you know, when you have to write down, you literally have to slow down your thoughts enough to like articulate what's going on in your mind. All right. And then that's a, that's a great practice. Just write it down. Even just write down what the fuck you're experiencing. Let it, let it go. Release it. Do whatever you need mm -hmm. to do um and then it's like do thing like get up go for a jog move you know shift your physiology you know what i mean like get get like train like training like when i started you know my weight loss journey and, and even to now like a big part of my you know mental my mental practice was was physical exercise it was a release it was like whether it was like a run or whether it was a push in weights and going really hard and obviously i'm more into strength and weight and stuff like that like you know it's invigorating it's um yeah it's, the things that we can control is just um that shift that shift in like our physiology our focus to create that state in any which way and once again don't think it's unattainable and accessible i created this out of necessity i've created these lessons out of necessity and anybody can because i can fucking do it anybody can fucking do it but it's just about recognize it then think about control the controllables and mm. you know, what you do with yourself at that moment sometimes it's not that doesn't mean beat yourself up by trying to go and just do more you know, focus on yourself first. You know, when you get on a plane and they say about the kid and the and the parents, like put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the kid. Because if you don't look after yourself first, you can't look after anybody else. And so we will get in this state because they have this expectation of themselves of what they should be, should do, should have, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's all about everybody fucking else. Focus mm. on how you feel right now. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, let that kind of build better, better, better outcomes, better results, better futures and so on and so forth. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think there was there was some really good stuff you touched on there, bro. The two things that really stood out for me was this idea of control. And I think to an extent, this idea of trying to control the uncontrollable has been accelerated since the rise of social media, because there's just so much flooding people's minds. And just because of this negativity bias we all have, right, which you talked about at the start, where we were naturally programmed to look for problems. And you see a billion people plus all at once lining up their problems in a row on Facebook or on Twitter, which fuck, Twitter's crazy, man. That place is 
Mm. unbelievably a madhouse i've never been on it yeah oh bro i I went on it briefly and i was like no i'm out like no way (laughs) it's 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 literally a social experiment to to see this kind of negativity bias playing out but anyway like what you're saying there is like you know so many people are focused on trying to control the uncontrollable and when you're trying to control the uncontrollable and you can't control it then guess what your life is just going to continue to feel uncontrollable so what you're saying there Mm. is so powerful to just focus on what you can control. And like you said, if, if you're feeling in a really shit state, write it down, like acknowledge the problem and then maybe write down like, okay, what can I do right now to make myself just that 1% better? Okay, I'll go for a job. Yeah. I'll go walk in nature. I'll put my phone down for an hour. <laughs> like yeah. control yeah. what you can control. And then the other one you, and- you, you touched on was, was this idea of self-care. And I think a lot of people have this idea that self-care is a selfish thing, but it's actually not at all it's it's more selfless than if if you don't take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself then you have nothing to give but if you take care of yourself Mm. then you have so much more to give is that kind of in the right line yeah that that's that's beautifully said man that's beautifully said and i just like want to expand on it with is when you're in that stressful state i'll give you like kind of two little examples all right Mm. i get people to do this all right grab your phone yeah you got your phone there got it I want everybody who is listening to this to grab their phone right now. And you probably listen to Jack's podcast, obviously. Um, <laughs> and you're going to grab that phone, right? And you can see it, right? See how you can see the time right now to the day. You can see, you know, your background, whatever else. Now grab that phone. And this is what happens when you're straight. Now we're cool. We're chilling. Yeah. We're looking at this phone. Right now, we're going to get stressed. We're going to bring this phone. Because what we're going to look for problems. We focus, right? Boom. Like we look for problems. What we're you know, built to do. Boom, zoom that phone in, bring it straight up to your nose. Now read me the time, the date, anything else. <laughs> Guess what? It's all a fucking blur. Yeah. You can't see shit. All right. Now take that phone back just a moment. Stress is dropping down. And guess what? You can see the time. You can see the date. You can see the phone, the whole phone and past the phone. And I guess with that example is like when we are stressed, blood actually leaves prefrontal cortex, goes to the heart, right? And it actually makes us run like, you know, animals and instincts, right? So if we're trying to like, we're getting all muddled up of all the things that we can't control and getting so, you know, frustrated by it. We've just shifted our state. And guess what? We can't see shit. You know, we can't, we can't act out of that place. So self-care is not selfish. It's, it's going to allow you to feel better, act better and get better results, right? Mm. You need, it's, 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 it's a precursor to change, you know? Mm. So if we come back in and we got that phone there, the other part is, think about a day that you've thought about a problem all fucking day. You're like, boom, why this? Why this? Blah, blah, blah. You, you're sitting there and you're playing this problem through in your head, all right? Then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm done. Grab a shower and pop, answer, right? Like just comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, oh fuck. What did I think of that before, right? <laughs> or like suddenly new perspective, right? It's because you're in a state. The whole day, you're in an emotional fucking funk, right? Mm. So you're here with your problem. Working harder at the problem at that point is not going to fix it. What you recognize when you get here, it wasn't the problem that was the issue. It was your state. Yeah, Because right. when you change your emotional state, feeling, environment, whatever... The problem changed. You either saw past it or it disappeared. It wasn't even mm. a problem anymore. Mm. And what we've got to understand is like how we see the world, as we were talking about the earlier you know, program itself, it's perception. It's, it's what we see. Mm. But what you see is what you experience. And what you experience is like the actions that you'll take. Yeah. Mm. Like that's your emotion. That's your feeling. That's what you take into the next moment. Mm. So it's just about going like, just fuck. It's just recognizing it. Eh? Like, and just I- having some sort of perception on it. 
Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really fucking cool exercise, by the way, the one you just did with the phone, because like I was going cross-eyed, and it was full on blue, and I could feel the cortisol yeah. pumping into my brain, being like, <laughs> oh fuck, like what's going on? <laughs> and it, that's such a good example because, and and then you tied it in with the whole shower thing, and I totally agree. Like some of my best ideas come when I'm either going for a run or I'm having a shower because I'm not thinking, or when I'm in an like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to do quite a lot of extreme sports. I used to do a lot of whitewater yeah. kayaking. I used to climb mountains by myself, um, you know, get myself in situations where I was literally on the edge. You know, there's a thousand foot drop below me yeah. this side, thousand foot this side. And That's guess crazy. what? If I think about the future or the past, which is generally where all the problems appear, I'm going to fucking fall off. So I am yeah. glued to that point in time there. And guess what happens once I get through that, that, that moment, that now, all of my problems disappear, all of them. Yeah. And all I see is solutions. And I think that's, that was so powerful what you said with that, that uh, example with the phone and then the idea of when you go and jump in your hot shower. So that's a metaphor for changing your state and zooming out, yeah. all of the problems disappear. <laughs> yeah, so or, there's new, or, there's new, or there's new perspective, right? Like that's just like, and what everyone got to, got to recognize is like, well, like, oh, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool, I'm, I'm fucking here. Mm. Uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Learn things. And then, you know, my toolkit, you know, it comes over time. I'm just learning, right? Like I've tried different practices, you know what I mean? And I slowly build my little toolkit, my arsenary that helps me feel a certain way, you know, to become that person that you see or whatever, you know mm. what I mean? But, you know, as I say, this person was created out of necessity because mm. this person was in the fucking funk all the time, right? And he has to go, wait a second. I'm here. How, how am I going to get out of it? What am I going to do? What am I, what am I going to take control of? And the only thing I can really control of is like fucking me. You know mm. what I mean? Like uh, that's the only thing I really have control of. Everybody else, you know, is doing their own thing, right? Like I, mm. I cannot, I absolutely can't control really fucking anything, but how I feel and how I experience what happens. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. That's powerful, bro. I guess another one that comes to mind in terms of where people go wrong a lot of the time with changing their state or, or kind of making any sort of change for the better in their lives is this idea of being trapped by fear or, or by this idea that if they fail, then everything goes to shit and that can't happen. Like there's no way they can fail. There's no way they can be in pain. So how do people kind of navigate that? Mm, there's a point that I was like, I guess I'd consider myself like a perfectionist. I bet I say day, right? Perfectionists would stop me from like getting shit done because I would, you know, fear the failure, whatever, you know what I mean? Or fear is ever good enough or it would ever be good enough, right? And that would lead that would lead to the stress state that would further like delay things and procrastinate. So um I think I've just gone on a little bit of a tangent. Can you repeat that kind of question? Because I want to come back to it properly. Yeah, cool. So I guess the crux of the question is how do people overcome this idea that failure is a bad thing? And that okay. fear is yeah. a place they don't want to be. Yeah, I guess, yeah, as I was saying, with the procrastination coming off the perfectionism, it was like, it was that fear, fear, you know, fear essentially, would, would anything ever be good enough? Mm. Um, you know, for a big person, like for a big thing, like, as I say, like, it's practice, it's repetition, it's, it's a skill. Like anything that you see of anybody else, like my mental practices are skills. You know, the talking that I do, they're skills, right? Like, and the only way you get better at a skill is by doing it. You don't get better at riding a bike by not riding a bike. So, you know, if you want to get better at these things, you've got to not fear the failure, but look at everything as a lesson. That might sound cliched as fuck, but 
it's a truth yeah like you know everything that i'll ever do is through like falling in the shit that many times that just you know picking myself back up or recognizing it and going all right what do i learn from that what do i do better next time move on yeah so um you know those people who are getting you know, a fear of even trying they're not giving themselves the opportunity to fucking fall over and get stronger or learn you know what i mean so that's where progress will stop and procrastination will set in because they're not they're not acting and you need like you need if you do want good results like it's all well and good and you know it depends on the the, the train of thought like if it was in like buddhist philosophy and stuff like that which i honestly love and appreciate it is all about being and it's not really even about acting and not really about the results just about the being western society is all about the 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 getting not even about the action and barely about the being right um and then if we try to find some mutual ground and we can hopefully find a little bit of a happy place you know we really got to you know be uh act and then get and achieve you know so on and so forth finding the kind of the the marriage between the west and east and sort of worlds but you know it starts like it's you don't have to you know feel and act like you know what i mean if you know instead of like waiting because Without it, there is no, and it depends once again on which philosophy you're looking at, but there is no progress without the action. And even if it felt like a, a stumbling stone or you didn't, you fucked it up, um, if you don't get stressed about the fuck up and go, what do I learn from it? That's the repetition, right? Mm. Um, that's the rep. And, you know, I always say it's about mental and physical reps, everything, like the stress, as I talked about, you know, very start, stressor response. Something like you want to get bigger biceps, guess what? You got to tear them a little bit. You got to break them down so you can rebuild them stronger, all right? And the same thing is mentally. Like if you want to achieve anything, you're going to have to get to the point where you almost can't do it anymore and then you're going to have to fall the fuck over and then you have to get the fuck up and you're going to be a little bit better for it. You know what mm, I mean? Mm, mm, 100%. Sorry about the old... All the F-bombs okay, bro. Like, <laughs> Dude, 100%. This is a, a swearing is okay podcast. I put the explicit sticker on. So if anyone gets their kids listening to it, then the explicit sticker's there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think, I guess for someone who's sitting there who's going, okay, well, this is awesome, but they're still super, super fearful of just having that first initial failure. Like they're so, so stuck and wrapped up in this little, this little cotton wool ball that they're in. I, I guess what you're saying there you could you could perceive it this way practice failure so start really really small and like actually go out and te- with the intention of practicing failure would you say that's a good method yeah. to get used to it um i listen i like the idea of that um but i guess i wouldn't never go out with the intention to fail but i guess what i would say is try not to fear it because at the point that you hit that failure but I mean, you only fail when you stop, right? You mm. only fail when you give up. So I think going for failure, maybe it's just the word, maybe we're talking about um, semantics here. Uh, but, you know, what I would go is, you know, strive for progress and program, you know, once again, once again, cliche, progress starts in the comfort zone, blah, blah, blah. But if we use that example of training or we use that example of like, say, meditation, meditation, oh, I'm in this, that coming back is the rep, right? Me getting caught in a problem or getting caught in a thought coming back to it is the rep. And the same thing is, you know, in this practice, like, you know, the 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 fall, the, the trips and falls are going to provide you the lessons that are going to allow you to make, you know, the next step. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, failure to me is like, it's, it's, it's actually giving up. 
Like that's when you gotcha. actually fail. So I don't think you need a fear of failure as long as you're willing to keep getting back the fuck up. Because every time you get get up, you've learned something, you're a little bit, you know, smarter, wiser, and hopefully you don't do it again. Or hopefully you at least uh, do it a little more gloriously next time. <laughs> yeah, I think thinking about it now, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's not a good idea to conceptualize it that way, to practice failure. I, I guess the way I would reword it and let me know what you think of this is to practice beating your expectations. So the other day I went for like a 12 K run and I got to the ending point and I was like, nah, you can do better than this. So I did another lap around the park and then I did press ups to the max just to prove to myself mm. that, okay, you can keep getting up even when you think you're at your limit. Could, could that be a way that people could push their boundaries? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit, um, I'm just going to go a little bit on that. Uh, the word expectations for me now, I'm just going to say my, like, my <laughs> points on it. My expectations, I believe, are actually the cause of all unhappiness. Gotcha. I think progress equals happiness. I think expectations are like, expectations of like, like if you think about social media, it's comparing to somebody else and the expectations of what you should be on yourself. That's what's hurting you right now, right? And expectations of yourself of like, I should be able to do this. I should be able to think. So I, don't, I wouldn't say like beating my expectations, but I would say, yeah, taking, you know, challenging yourself to become better definitely you know um gotcha and yeah like it's just that that's a, once again that's more semantics but um i just think like i always think of expectations as a a dangerous one for people like i think mm. it's the expectations that get people in the funk you know what i mean i think it's expectations that really impact their their emotion and how they feel and then their ability to act and respond so um i would be you know cautious of that one um but as you said challenging yourself you know to become better by pushing just a little bit you know past that comfort zone um yeah that's where all the good shit is you know what i mean um yeah and it probably hurt and stings and you know you might have a little bit of soreness or whatever else but you know not that we chase like doms or, or muscle soreness but you know just be proud of yourself yeah like you know like go all right cool i've pushed that you know i think sometimes i'm running around now as like a 34 year old and i quickly went for a quick run before before this talk when i'm running and it's getting freaking hard i have to mentally go to myself all right just dig in a little bit dig in a little bit like if i'm gonna, if i really want to become better dig fucking in you know what i mean like dig in and go through i know that for me to push my fitness push my strength push you know my mental ability i'm gonna have to push into that discomfort just a little bit so i'm just making that like a little bit better, a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, what you did when you went, when you did the extra run and the extra push ups, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, your, your expectations of yourself are like that. But, you know, I'd say it's like, you know, I wouldn't even focus on the expectations. It's not like, you know, sometimes if you come in and then you're like, I have to do this, that's an expectation on yourself. Mm. Um, and then that can really kind of fuck with you a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. But this I do is, think, this yeah, is good. This is good. Like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm learning a lot around around this topic as well so this is this is great keep keep <laughs> keep schooling me bro i'm all about it um and it in regards to to that one i guess it kind of leads on to this idea of that you and i have talked about before and you've kind of briefly touched on so far as this idea of associating pleasure and pain with certain things and for anyone listening right now and going well like pushing myself out of my comfort zone is painful it kind of comes back to how you associate it right in terms of pleasure and pain so mm. could you maybe explain that a little bit more and maybe as well in the context of like instant gratification, which we see a lot of today versus this delayed yeah. gratification. 
Uh, let's say I'm going to use an example once again of someone that comes to me to help them lose weight and change their body composition. You know, obviously, this can be used metaphorically into pretty much anything else, like just insert the the words. But when we think about someone who wants to like lose weight, they've got this pleasure in the future. It's this compelling future. They go, I want to be this, right? So I want to like look like this. I want to have abs, whatever it was, right? And then like that's so that's the what. And then we can figure out the plan and the how. And then we go, why the intent? And they'll be like, I want to feel like, eventually they'll just go, oh, I just want to fit in my jeans, blah, blah. And like, now I want to feel confident. I want to feel strong. I want to feel empowered. I feel like I own my shit. And that's like all the real intensive feelings and blah, blah, blah. And then we, um, you know, bring that back, um, you know, to, you know, how they, how they've got to act in each day, right? And they're going to have to make choices in each day. They're going to have to say, essentially no to things like certain foods and, certain things and that's going to bring pain it's going to be painful in saying no to all these things right uh but there's this pleasurable state that they want to get to this pleasurable place right and for them to get to there is going to be the net effect of all their actions essentially right so they really want to get to here but they're going to have to go through these painfuls of saying no to something you know delaying pleasure like gratification of eating something or staying in bed delaying pleasure going through pain of getting the fuck out of bed to their alarm to get up to train before work there's going to be these pain points all the way. But if we know the outcome that we're going to get to, and it's on the other side of all these pain points, the quicker we can bring them in and go out to them, the quicker we get to this pleasure point. Mm. All right. Now, if we delay all these things along the way, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I won't, I'll, no, I'll eat this. It won't hurt me. Blah, blah, blah. I'll do that. Blah, blah. We're, we're having us all this short term pleasure, but we're actually delaying the pleasure that we're going to get, which is more long term, meaningful, and this higher state of being that we're looking to achieve and live into. Right, we're actually now going for this short-term pleasure or short-term gratification, but we're living in the pain of staying the same. Like, gotcha. so what we've got to recognize is like, what do we want? What is the pleasure that we're looking on the other side of all these pain points? These are the consequences. This is the cost. Often, someone, someone goes, "I want to get to this like leanness or whatever." And there's a cost of getting lean. You're gonna to have to pay the piper. These are all the things you got to do. To get to that, if you want to, if you want to achieve a certain amount, if you want to achieve a bank account balance. Guess what? You're gonna to have to save fucking money, which means you got to say no to the online shopping and all that shit. That's pain, yeah. But if you're not willing to pay the pop, if you're not willing to have the cost, the consequence of costs of getting that particular outcome, well, then you got to drop the fucking outcome. If you're not willing to do what it takes, if you're not willing to go through the pain um, or the short term, you know, at least delay of pleasure, like go through, you know, less just short term gratification shit that doesn't go in line with, you know, the particular outcome that you're looking for, well, you're not willing to pay the cost. So that means you got to drop that goal, right? You got to forget mm -hmm. about it. You know what I mean? You got to figure out a new outcome that you're willing to pay for to do it. Because if you continue to set this outcome and you continue to, um, you know, not be willing to accept the pain, all right, you're constantly going to be disappointed because the expectation is that you should be in this outcome and you're never going to fulfill it, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what you have to do instead is go, wait a sec, that's the outcome. These are the costs. Tick, tick, tick. I'm going to fucking do all these things. And you know what? I'm not going to wait. I'm going to start, I'm not going to procrastinate, uh, you know, not to take this back. I'm going to fucking do this shit. So I'm going to do this shit because the quicker I get all this shit done, the quicker I'm at my goal. The quicker I have this pleasurable state. All I say, some people like some people self-sabotage, right? Like, oh, but I fucked up on the weekend. I did this. I did this. Okay, cool. That's cool. You know, it's cool. But we're just delaying that outcome. That's up to you. You know what I mean? You're delaying the shit that, you know, by going for the short-term uh, you know, gratification, um, you're delaying this possible future. You know what I mean? And like, 
you know, what you need to do in that moment when you've got this choice, all right, eat the fucking chocolate bar or get up and go for a jog, pain, pleasure, right? But you've got to then take pleasure. Know that you've got a choice. You can choose this, you can choose this. No one's telling you what you can't choose. You can choose to take joy in the run, knowing that you're now one step closer mm. to your to, to the next place you want to be. You know what I mean? Like, let's say like a bank account balance. Like if you looked at me, like when you talk about like my journey or like that guy or anything fucking else like that, it's a net effect of all my decisions that got to there. It's like a bank account, right? Yeah. It's like, that's my net effect. And you know what? With all these things, every time you say maybe no to some short-term uh, pleasure, to your go super, that's a rep, right? You're building skills, you're building this skill and you need to get stronger. And just like, you know, your bank account compiling interest, you've got compound interest on this shit. Mm. So these people who achieve something, they're just making fucking choices or decisions each day that live congruently with what they want to achieve. And that's real fucking progress, right? Mm. Like it's, it's like they're making, they're making choices and they're setting goals, as I say, in master as masters in the direction of their values and they understand who the fuck they are. And it just starts with that, right? It starts to go, well, what the fuck do I really fucking want? And what am I willing to do to achieve it? Mm, mm, powerful, bro. Powerful. I feel that. The energy is coming through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. I guess a, a couple of things um, that come to mind when you say that is for a lot of people that do have the, the wrong goals, essentially, or like you say, the wrong outcomes, because they don't actually think about all of the things that they're going to have to suffer through momentarily in order to be in that um, state or become that person that they're so keen on on becoming. So they essentially put this ridiculous expectation on themselves that they, they haven't already decided uh, how they're going to meet because they're just going to keep doing all these little things that give them pleasure in the short term. And then they have this, this almost this weight over them, this goal that they're, they're constantly not achieving that's making them feel even shitter and even shitter and even shitter. So they're just feeding the beast of suffering. So it's like, exactly. like you say, it's easier to just, all right, I want to be a millionaire, but I'm going to go on benders every weekend and spend my entire paycheck. Yeah, great one. You're still going to feel like shit in a year when you still want to be a millionaire and you still have a zero dollar bank account. So yeah, change yeah. the outcome if you're not willing to sacrifice in the short term. Is that yeah. kind of the gist of it? Definitely. I mean, there's two parts, like two parts of that. Like we look at like um, a big part of like, you know, one of my coaches or one of my mentors in the early whiskey programming when I was studying was, you know, he talked about this thing. Like a lot of people think of, out a lot of people when they set goals, they go outcome. What is the outcome? What do I want? What's the intention? So that's a newer piece, right? It starts with why Simon Sinek, so on and so forth. A newer piece, the why. Fantastic. That's only two parts. The last part is the cost or the consequences of this outcome or action. You need to pay the piper. You don't get this without doing all this shit. And if you haven't recognized, so we go, we start with the outcome. Cool. What do I want? Uh, intention. Why do I want it? Costs or consequences. What do I have to do to achieve this? And are these costs or consequences worth this outcome? Mm. Wait a sec. I actually value going out and partying with my friends. I value this. I value this goal, but I also value all this shit. So I'm not willing to pursue this goal because my other values are getting suppressed. Set a new fucking goal that fulfills the values that also allows this one. Except you go, does this fulfill the intention, which is the value? All right. What is the outcome? Does it fulfill this intention again? Oh, yeah, cool. Well, I've just brought this goal down a little bit, but now I can still go out and have drinks with my friends, but still achieve this goal. 
because now I'm willing to take all the costs because now I can still go with my friends, but I'm going to start to get up and go for a jog. And now I'm getting like what I really fucking want, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm living congruently with different, because we've got different values, you know, values and needs, you know, however we, you know, articulate them. But, you know, they come back to like neurochemistry, like there's different things for us that release dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, and so on and so forth, happiness hormones. Like this is not just like my opinion. This is the science of fucking happiness mm-hmm. in some respects. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, and our values are just an articulation of how we move towards dopamine mm. or, you know, human connection and love and, and shit like that is how we move towards oxytocin or the release towards it. Mm. Fucking social hierarchy and all this shit and status is how we move towards serotonin. Mm. Um, you know, when we laugh or when we go for a fucking run, it's how we move towards endorphin, which human body's natural morphine. But we got to understand all these fucking practices. I'm not like, I'm saying the top level, right? But like everything I'm saying, I like, like, I'm not just saying it as like an opinion. I'm saying it's like the science behind it, right? And mm-hmm. I hope that people go, all right, well, I'm going to try practically do this. So outcome, and once again, sorry, you know, for the tangent. Outcome, intention, consequence or cost. What I said, like cost of getting lean, you're going to have to do it and you're going to have to accept it. Otherwise, as you said with the expectations, change your expectations, mm-hmm. right? Change your expectations. Don't Don't sit there and have them um but then not we'd be willing to do it and then just be you know beat yourself up about it mm-hmm. you know what i mean because then you you know you're sitting you're sitting in the shit yeah 100 100 percent. um i'm pretty conscious of time chris are you kind of restricted yeah. by time at all uh no nah, i've got a meeting in 16 minutes so i can <laughs> okay cool cool if, if that if that's the case then i've got a, i've got one more question for you but i think we'll probably spend about a half an hour on it because we'll go into a deep hole <laughs> mate we can we can we can try we can try we can see how we go okay quickly okay i'll quickly ask this question and then i've got what's called the four and one which is four quick fire questions and then you get one question for me but i just want you to quickly explain you you talked about the science of happiness um and i guess it's safe to assume at this point that our thoughts and our emotions uh, translate into our reality that we create for ourselves. But how does that work in, in the most basic sense? Um, how does our thoughts, I feel like I've got, so that's what I'm articulating each piece of this. Um, all right. Uh, on the most basic level, I say you feel good, yeah, good, you get good results. Like, and so and that sounds so basic. And I, I always wonder if people like most people go, yeah, cool. They're like, you know, like, like, yeah, like they really get me. But you know, if you get up in the morning and you feel really good, all right. Um, if you feel good, like if you feel like shit, like I naturally wake up pretty stressed, to be honest. I think of all this shit that's going on. Um, and if I got up and I hit my foot on the side of the bed and I create this filter, like the world's fucking shit, and I'm now just sitting in this cortisol and all that, guess what? I create this filter and see my day and everything is just shit. And I'm in a bad mood and whatever else. And I get bad results, right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, if I get up and I find myself in the shit and I train my mind to come out of it, I start to feel good. Um, I take better actions. You know, people are you know, more attracted to being around me or whatever else. The energy is more contagious. So bring up, you know, other people and we all get better results. So um, on the most basic level, you know, it's about feeling good, acting good, getting the results. I don't know if I really answered that question. So can you maybe just um hit it back to me again in a line so I can try and make sure I just really hit that point? Yeah, I guess uh, when it comes to, how can I structure this in a better way? So so like you say, when you wake up feeling really stressed and, and you're in the state where you're basically sitting in the shit, 
what does the science tell us in terms of switching that state from feeling shit to feeling good? What are the, the procedures yeah. that happen in your mind and how, how can you best facilitate that process? All right, let's start off with how we wake up. How do you wake up? Anxious. <laughs> Anxious. All right. Do you wake up naturally with lemon anxiety? Do you wake up to an alarm or just wake up? To an alarm. All right. Whether you wake up to an alarm, whether you wake up naturally, it's a rise of cortisol in your blood. All right. It's a rise of stress in your blood. Cortisol mm -hmm. stress. So you, everybody wakes up because of a rise of cortisol in their blood. Mm. That's how we wake up. That's how, like, that's just part of the biochemistry. Now, when stress happens, right, blood rise, cortisol rises in our blood, we look for problems because there's a stressor and we're looking for what's causing the stress of the problem. Mm. Now, in a world now that we actually don't really have that many problems, and I can still say this as a fucking gym owner in Victoria in the middle of a pandemic, all right, but when we don't really have that many fucking problems, guess what? We'll look for them and we'll fucking find them. That's what we're built for, yeah. right? So when you wake up and you catch yourself in the fucking problem, what's actually doing, like your subconscious, your high brain, whatever you want to label it as, whether it's a Western or Eastern or whatever, your amygdala, high brain is sending to your fucking prefrontal cortex, your frontal brain and going, there's a fucking problem because it's a rise of cortisol in your blood. It's looking for problems. Now your mind is going, where's the problem? Where's the problem? Oh, that's a fucking problem. That guy's a dickhead. You know, blah, blah, blah. And you're going around and you're pointing out all these things and you're sitting on one or you're there. Sometimes, you know, you're, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking of the problems, it's like 3 a.m., like generally like cause almost starts to rise if you're really stressed at a point. And then you're like, fuck that. Then you find yourself bouncing to the next one. Then you find yourself bouncing to the next one. You're like, fuck, there's so many problems. Tell you what, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not the problems that are the problem. It's the state. It's your emotional state that's the fucking problem. Because the fact that you can't even stay on a problem for a minute and you move to the next one, none of these are the fucking problem. Because mm. they're not really. Because you, you're bouncing. Like, you're not even staying on it. It's your amygdala going to your prefrontal cortex. It's called amygdala hijack, where your high brain is going to your prefrontal cortex going, Problem, problem, look for them, look for them. Then you're pretty on the coast. That's the fucking problem. That's it. That's that's what we need to think. But then next minute you go on the next one and you recognize, wait a sec, you're literally a pretty on the coast. Then it's telling me, go, yeah, I've got the problem. This is it. Then it's going, yeah, no, this problem's wrong. It's sending it back and it's setting this cycle where you're constantly just sitting in these problems. So hmm. we're talking about really practically. It's a like get up. As I said, like for me, like it was about meditation. Meditation was an inaccessible thing in the world, but you know, I built it into a practice. Sure. Go like it, like. If I'm really jacked up, right? Like you're really stressed. I would say you need to move that physical energy. Then. Go mm. for a fucking run. Like, like do something, move, train, lift something, push something, get up and do fucking 20 burpees. And, you know, I might say, oh, that will you know, increase the cortisol. Yeah, but it's going to move that energy at least. You know what I mean? It's going to move that energy and create, you know, then as soon as you finish, you're going to be fucking breathing deep and you've shifted your physiology. If you're like really in the funk, you got to do whatever you can. To, to you know pull yourself out of it you know what i mean like you know just do, do what you can like that wasn't the most basic level i guess i went into the science but both just practically it's just just you know we wake up every day to a rise of cortisol and um you know what we do next you know will impact you know how we feel and act the rest of the day in, in some respects yeah i think yeah that's that's super good to hear all that and kind of understanding that amygdala hijack process and at the most basic level, it's kind of what we talked about before. Just just fill your cup, do things that bring you energy at the start of the day, that switch you out of that state and get your focus uh, away from that kind of negative problem-finding mode. And and you're going to have a much better day where you're not falling into that cycle of problem to problem to problem to problem to problem to problem. And that can come in the form of meditation, exercise, cold showers, um, journaling. Um, yeah. 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 So th thanks for just that. About, yeah. It's 
it's just about creating your own toolkit, right? Like about creating your own toolkit and just practicing and, and seeing and understand that even um, fucking those things up nicely is a repetition, like is learning. It is like, it's developing that skill. Like, you know, I surprise myself that I even meditate, um, you know, and I don't meditate for long, um, but it's, it's a practice. Yeah. Like it's a, like, you know, every time, you know, you even fuck that up, um, is an opportunity like just even in that 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 practice you know you you know, uh you you know you hit the, the threshold you've caught it a thought and then you catch it and come back even if you can't come back even if you just the, the effort of trying like you're getting better so it's like no expectations around that it's just about like finding your practices um as i said like if I'm in a pretty chill state, sometimes I'm like in a chill state and I'm like, I don't want to call shots. I don't want to jack myself on the cause. I feel no, no necessity for it. Right. And then if I'm like really good, I'm like, all right, well, let's just try and meditate. Let's just try to still that mind. Right. Sometimes I'm, I'm really razzed up and I'll either like cold shower. I'll go, let, I'm going for a jog. Cause I know that even if I meditate, I'm going to just beat myself up in it. Yeah. You know right. What I mean, um, cause my amygdala is just too going. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I guess what I'm also saying is a lot of people try to be prescriptive in this shit. Um, and I know with me as my business at life, uh, you know, whether it's a nutrition plan, whether it's training, whatever, we are not prescriptive, you know, we're a set of systems and tools, you know what I mean? That you can use like a, with a man, with a, with a, with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Don't be that man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Understand that you're going to have to create your own toolkit and it can be, you know, you can copy, you know, ideas of me and not copy because I fucking took it from somewhere else. Right. But you get ideas and just try something no expectations of what it's going to deliver, but just try it and, and don't just try it for like a minute. Keep fucking trying it because you'll get better on it, better at it until you, you know, fuck it up a few times or a few hundred or thousand times. Um, you know what I mean? But just, you know, just persistence. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I think we'll leave the, the bulk of it there, Chris. And I'll just quickly yeah. ask you the four and one. So quick fire four questions for you and then you get one for me and then we'll wrap up with uh where people can find you uh on instagram and your website and then i'll let you go to your meeting um thanks once again for sitting down with me for an hour and a half nearly <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> uh, okay oh, so pleasure, pleasure quick fire questions for you two books that have changed your life um seven daily habits of highly effective people uh definitely mm-hmm and one more recently that I really like, which was The Magician's Way by William Whitecloud. Um, that was more recent. Yeah, Magician's Way. But um, Seven Daily Habits of Highly Effective People um, is the most influential book on me in my life. It was when I was in my hardest place, um, like just after like Mel died and stuff. And I was just suffering a lot. And it's so funny. That was a book about like effectiveness and it was like almost business and mindset and stuff like that. Mm. But it was it was what I needed at the time to not think like control the controllables. Think about what I could actually control in that outcome, and not think about you know the efficiency of trying to do a lot. It was about the effectiveness of just trying to do the right things, you know, what yeah. I mean? or the right things to me anyway. So that yeah. it's, a, it's a highly effective people. It seems like not the book that you do when you're dealing in like when you're in the shit. But for me, it's a book up I read seven or eight times, like definitely, and I kind of use it now. I don't read it, read the Bible. I'm not like Christian. Um, I'm Christian, but not, you know, Christian, Christian, <laughs> um, but um, I, I use it like a, how someone might use a Bible. Like I'd almost open it like a Psalm and be like, I'd read that. I just, <laughs> awesome. just open it up wherever the fuck I land. And I just read a bit, you know what I mean? Um, awesome. It's it's like this little, it's like a go-to guide on 
how to get shit done um, while it being in line with what what's important to you. Amazing. I'll make sure I link those in the description below for anyone who wants to get around them. Um, and next one, the greatest, the biggest thing that you've learned during this unprecedented time of COVID-19. Control the controllables. Let go of what you can't. Um, and, you know, yeah, do work on what you can. You know what I mean? I, I could could have been a victim of circumstance really easily. And don't get me wrong, I've had highs and lows through this period. Um, but, you know, what do you actually have the power to control? And, you know, uh, you know, it tested me, like, even in my resolve in the industry. It's like, oh, do I just, you know, I get paid decently to go just do talking gigs and stuff. And I'm like, hmm. Do I, just, do I just do that? Like literally, you know what I mean? Like literally, that's fucking scary when you spend, you know, nearly 15 years building a, you know, in an industry and like last um, six and a half, seven years building like a company that's obviously grown quite a lot um, to actually go, wait a sec, is this, can I even fight? Is this going to be it? Am I going to fight for this? Mm. And like, fuck, you know, Dan can close me down at any time. There's like a lot of things start going through your head and you're like, wait, what can I actually control? And it's like, it was about my, you know, my, my crew, my team, which had been, fucking incredible like i couldn't i couldn't speak highly uh, you know highly my, my team my wife my support like that that's what really held, held the result um but yeah really control the controllables um and if i really broke that down the only thing you can control is your state your emotion how you feel it's the only thing you people think they don't have control of that but it's the only thing you actually do have control of in your life mm, that's powerful bro um next one is the thing you're most grateful for today sierra's smart like she's uh, a, i'm a cheese ball i'm a oh, cheese ball. <laughs> and the smell of, and the smell of coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> two totally different things um yeah. and the last the last one for you bro and then you get one question for me this one's a bit of a funny one what would you do if you found a penguin in your freezer Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's, Oh, I'd freak the fuck out. One. <laughs> oh, who do you call? <laughs> like, I I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'd freak. Like, that's kind of like dark almost. Like, I feel bad. Like, is, it, is this like, is this like a, is this a cartoon kind of, you know, question? Like, it's going to jump out and we're going to like, do a dance or is this like it's like almost like this chopped up penguin in my freezer like, oh i don't know where this is <laughs> like, like i want to think about playfully but i don't know if it, can a penguin survive in the freezer like is the penguin alive the penguin's alive the penguin's alive it's okay oh. it's chopped up. <laughs> yeah i don't know do penguins bite <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know well, Beck, just... my wife's scared my wife's scared of birds like scared of birds i mean she's got better with it but I remember in Bali, we went to like this kind of sanctuary place and she like literally got under the table and like hit. So I'll probably tell Beck to like get out, get out of the house. Um, <laughs> she, she would lose it. And then, uh, yeah, I really don't know. Um, I would try to score it out like, and then call somebody like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, there's, there's a penguin on the loose. Sort of, it's like, like literally a penguin. Maybe put it in the back, backyard. I mean, Beck's little... Um, pool thing is there and a little water playground thing so i don't know maybe you can just sit in that and <laughs> hang out until i find somebody um yeah that's it's a super random question i actually thought fuck is like there's a dead penguin in my freezer like what am i gonna do like that's horrible like 
you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. know what to do about that, but it's, but I'm happy it like survived and it got out and got to frolic in the backyard. I'm definitely cool I was <laughs> not expecting that answer. That was awesome. I love asking those kind of questions. Cool, bro. You get, you get yeah. one question for me and then um, I suppose we'll, we'll quickly wrap up. Yeah, cool. Um, it's funny because I just like, I saw this, I saw this before and I'm like, all right, cool. What, you know, what, what, what would that be? And for me, it would be, and I think of this for myself often, but it's like, um, what feel, I have two that I actually want to ask. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with one, uh, you know, unless I get a bonus question, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> it's what for you has been the greatest, giving you the greatest return on investment, whether that be with your time or with your money. Oh, good question. Let's say in the last year to make it kind of, you know, a bit more kind of bring it in. So greatest return on, and if you do have something from your life and you're like, yeah, no, it's actually this. Greatest, greatest return on investment, whether it be time or money. Mm-hmm. Greatest return on investment. I suppose there's two really for me. The first one would be meditation. I've gotten deeper and deeper into meditation. I did a week-long silent meditation quite recently. Um, I think that's really been a huge investment in terms of my time. I'm living a hell of a lot more presently, um, much more clear in terms of where I want to go. Uh, And I'm just way more at at peace with everything going on. So that's been a huge, like I can't even calculate how much time that saved me, especially in terms of living in a problem state, you know? The other one would be I did a reading course at the start of the year, Jim Quick. Um, I can't remember the name of the reading course. I think it's just called Quick Reading. Uh, but that's been a huge um, investment for me in terms of like money because I, I've been able to plow through books. Like I can read a thousand words per minute now. So I can read an entire wow. book in, in, in half a day. So I just literally slayed books. I discovered a bunch of things in regards to investing in regards to making my money work for me. And it's already been just just a ridiculous return on my investments in terms of money and in terms of like what I'm able to know, how I'm able to connect with people on deeper levels. So those that, that would be my answer. Awesome. Can I ask you that other question? I was just telling my next meeting, I'm just going to be 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it's our it, studio manager. I'm sure it should be cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm just going to quickly text her. I said sorry twice within a sentence, so I'm sure it should be cool. Um, <laughs> and, and, and as I said, like the team, like they've been absolutely incredible through this period. Like couldn't be more proud of the, the Life Up crew. Um, coming back, my other actual question, this is a question I was doing for a bit like this a little, little 11-11 project. It was kind of 11 minutes, 11, like 11-11 clock. Um, and the question that I was asking people, because like I love the idea. So yeah, as I said before, thinking, all right, is the questions we ask ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it's really important to get an understand that like everybody, you know, have you seen like Brene Brown's like, um, you know, Brene Brown's, uh, what, what was it called? Her now? TED Talk. You know, you know, yeah, her TED Talk and her book and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah anyway, she's amazing. I took, I took this little piece from that, which I thought was incredible because it created um, a level of transparency because a lot of time we don't say what we're thinking in our heads. Right, I love that we're thinking our heads. We're kind of critical of ourselves, blah blah blah. But often, what we're thinking in our heads, like if we could communicate that and have the element of vulnerability or like you know that, that, let that out, it's it's releasing and and we allow to you know we can express it and we can communicate better and so on and so forth. So, you know, often when I'm talking to my staff, it'll be like if I need to have like a hard conversation, and I'm sitting there thinking something, I'll say the voice in my head is 
saying this. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the mm. voice in my head. Mm. So, you know, with that sort of context, a lot of time, you know, when we're asking ourselves questions, like, you know, that's formulate our thinking. So, you know, what started to interest me is what are the questions other people are asking themselves in any one moment? So, and a lot of the time, you know, you're having a kind of a thinking, you might be thinking through a subject over like a week and you just keep asking yourself this question. So my question to you is, what is the current question that you're currently finding yourself asking yourself? Uh, you mean like the most common question I ask myself day yeah, to day? Or? Yeah, well, yeah what, what are you asking yourself like lately? Is there a question that, you know, you keep asking yourself? Is it something that you're like, I'm not sure about this or what do I want to do here or what's that? Is there a current question that's going to give us the insight into your current thinking? Yeah, hundred percent. That's an easy one, actually. It's why are you doing this? And I ask myself this. I've I've kind of learned this over the process of a couple of years. It's like I'll ask myself why are you doing this? Not so much because I'm I'm worried about why I'm doing something or I'm stressed about it. It's I want to clarify why the fuck I'm doing something because I just got mm. sick and tired of doing shit because other people expected it of me or. I thought that was the right thing to do. So that is definitely my go-to question. Like if I'm doing something and it's bringing me some sort of pain or annoyance or I'm feeling suffering, I'm just like, Jacques, why are you doing this? And most of the time when I ask myself in the context of trying to figure out why I'm going through a certain stage of suffering, the answer will come back a resounding, I have no idea. <laughs> and in which case, in which case I'll be like, well, fucking stop, dude. And I'll just stop and I'll just yeah. say no. And do, asking myself that question has been the greatest question I've asked myself because I've started saying no to all the bullshit in my life and I'm starting to just clear up exactly what it is I want to do. And if I ask myself, hey, why are you doing this? And I'm in a state of suffering. And then the answer comes back because if you get through this, like you were talking about before, if you get through this painful period, you are going to have so much pleasure because you're going to be able to do this. Then I'll keep doing it. Like no problems, no yeah. worries. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's, to be honest, that's the epitome of effectiveness over efficiency. Mm. So it's just about doing things. That's being efficient. That's just getting a lot done. Mm. But it's not effective. It's about getting the right things done. It's often asking yourself quality questions like that, that make you go, wait a sec, is this actually important to me? Will this actually move me you know, closer to it? Even if you can't articulate like the, the goal, but you're making the steps like to me, that's the most important bit. It's it's the practice, you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. and that, that's that's where the progress comes. So yeah, now awesome, man. An awesome question that you're asking yourself. Um, no, that's been fun, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Cool, but before I let you go, can I just quickly get, for anyone listening right now who's blown away by uh, everything that they've heard, which I'm sure a lot of people are, um, hopefully it's given people a lot of motivation to just, um, you know, change their state and start taking some action in their own lives. Uh, but where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where, where can they get that inspiration from? Um, Maybe yeah. Instagram. It, yeah, Instagram. So Instagram is at, this, is, this always sounds long. So it's all, it looks better on uh, on paper than it does uh, when you say it. But Instagram yeah. that at c.a.n.n.o.n, which is my surname. So just Canon with dots all the way through, yeah. all right? Or at LifeHubAU, and that's, you know, Facebook, Insta um and so on so you know life hub's really like i guess where you come to work with us hang out um and kind of implement a lot of these tools and systems um you know it's mainly like you know training nutrition mindset sort of stuff and then obviously me is my life hanging out with sierra my wife me talking shit occasionally going on rants um 
and, and you know occasionally acting like a clown but you know that's yeah. all part of life right they're, but, they're positive um, rants though they're positive rants just to clear that up there's a lot of <laughs> negative rants but the rants that chris goes on are definitely overwhelmingly positive so well um and just one thing i want to thank you on like i think you've you said some like really humbling words to me i think every few months you send me like a really incredible voice message or something like that and it's really really humbling and it really you know, those are things that really light me up and really kind of give me, like fill my cup to continue to, you know, have the output. Um, but, you know, you've inspired me, you know, more recently. One, uh, I said through your persistence and your consistency, and I think that's something I value really highly, it's consistency. Because um, that's about, like, that's about being effective steps, congruent steps that makes real fucking progress. And when we think about anybody who gets anywhere, um, you know, I know through proximity of anyone I've work with or be mentored by or whatever there's nothing fucking special about them they just do the work and they're doing those reps every fucking day and you're someone that's in that practice so i really do appreciate you for that um and the steps that you're taking and you know compound on that you actually inspired me to finally decide to start writing the shit down and start writing a book um and by saying this out loud it's really fucking solidifying my commitment to it because now i've got to fucking do it right <laughs> shit and not, not not act right so um, and I've accepted the cost of that and what I'm going to have to do to go about achieving it. And I think that really is in line once again to my values, my purpose, what I'm about as a business, as a, as a person and so on. So my, what I want is my contribution or legacy, you know, when I'm in the dust. Um, but, you know, I wanted to thank you for that because, you know, you know, when you get it, when you see that in other people and, it, you know, you know, whether I played any sort of part in that or not, um, you know, your consistency um, is inspiring as well. Yeah. So, and, you know, you, you telling me, you're like, yeah, I'm going to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, that's a commitment. I've been thinking about that for ages and you know, people want to tell me to do it. But I'm like, you know, am I there? Like, you know, who wants to fucking listen? Anything. Like, you know, the questions you ask yourself, right? Um, but, you know, you inspired me just to take action. You know what I mean? Knowing that, you know, no matter what that outcome was, you know, once again, this trouble, trouble shit. Um, fuck, it was in line, yeah? So I could ask myself why and I could answer that, you know, pretty fucking clearly um, and, and recognize how important it was, you know what I mean? So thank you for that. Thank you for your consistency, man. I think it's so important in this life. Like, um, you know, we've all been through our struggles. We all go through it, but, you know, how we, you know, feel and act and, you know, how the impact that we have on, on others is so important. So yeah, especially for you, man. Well done. I think you've done a lot of effing podcasts, right? Like you've done, <laughs> yeah. this, done this for a long time, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty consistent, man. So solid effort, definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much, bro. I'm, I'm super, super humbled, like ridiculously humbled. I might have a little cry after this, actually. But thank, <laughs> thank you so much, bro. And yeah, like, like we talked about, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be definitely on the, the pre-order list for your book, and it'll be cool uh, when they both come out, and we can stand there and go, "Fuck yeah, we wrote a book. This is sick." <laughs> um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, bro. Thank you so much for your time. I know you've got a lot on for the day, so I'll let you go. Um, pretty soon but um yeah i, I think you're going to offer a, a lot of value on this podcast and i'm humbled to hear that um you praise me about the consistency and and i can tell you now it's starting to pay off the the, the growth is starting to go exponential so so pumped oh, yeah. and keep at oh, it yeah. oh yeah and people, sorry just a quick one on that i just want to say like like a would be part people always say the tip of the iceberg but they don't say the whole fucking iceberg that lies below the water right although this is just layers and layers and layers as you start to you know really fucking shine through and you come to the top you know that might be that might like you know be articulated as the book or whatever fucking summit there is 
um you know it's all work right and so much happens below the surface all of the all these things all these moments all these choices that you make in each day that's the fucking layers that's the foundation that's the consistency so i mean you're doing it right now um and i'm sure it'll continue to to have compounded interest you know so building on the next step to make something even more incredible so each step really builds on the next which creates something even greater again so you know well done it's amazing to see you in the practice bro um, thanks bro thank you for having me man thanks so much i think we'll leave it at that have an amazing day bro yep. cheers man peace Hello again, friend. Thanks for listening to the entirety of that episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, huge favor to ask you. Can you please leave a five-star rating, leave a comment, leave a review, and be sure to share this with anyone in your life that you think it'll impact positively. Uh, each and every rating and, the, and review that we get on Apple Podcasts helps beat the algorithm and get the podcast out to more people. And I think these conversations are worth sharing. So thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode of Couple of Lattes.